Welcome back to another episode of the Suits in the Stadium podcast. I am your host, Casey Coleman. Joining me on this week's episode is Marcela Munoz. Marcela is currently the event manager at the Rose Bowl Stadium. Really enjoyed my conversation with Marcela. I think the biggest thing that stuck out was when I asked her what qualities are most important for those looking to get into the sport management space. And she easily had three that came to mind. First being solid work ethic. Second being good communicator. And third being genuine in who you are and why you want to be there. All great insights. Overall, really great conversation with Marcella. I know I enjoyed my conversation. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Marcella Munoz. Folks, please help me welcome in this week's guest, Marcella Munoz. Marcella is currently the event manager at the Rose Bowl Stadium. Marcella, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, ready to go. Excited to be here. Love it. Love it. Thanks so much for being a part. Uh, looked back, realized a guest of season one, uh, JT McCreary was the one that that connected us and referred us to each other. And so excited to have you on the podcast and we will get going. Awesome. Yes. Uh, shout out to JT. Absolutely. Uh, first question, what pivotal experience in your education or early uh, career helped you realize that the sports industry was the right path for you? So I will preface with saying I grew up really wanting to be in radio. I wanted to work uh, for a radio company. I studied communications at Cal Poly Pomona. Um, really tried to get a, an internship starting in radio with uh, iHeartRadio and uh, somehow landed in the what's called the fan assistance department at the Rosewell Stadium, which I like to joke. And it's actually outside guest services outside of the stadium. So I make a joke. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to make it in the building when yeah. I first started. And that was my intro into the world of working in sports. I grew up loving sports, watching sports. And so I didn't even realize that you could make a career out of it in, you know, I Pretty much, I'd like to joke with the folks here at the Rose Bowl. I started that in 2014, and I've come back ever since. Love it. Love it. Uh, in the ever-evolving world of sport management, how do you stay updated and continue to learn beyond formal education? Are there any ongoing educational experiences or resources that you would recommend for others? Yeah, I think my favorite resource would have to be just talking to other people who do what you do. Uh, one of my favorite things to do, even when I'm, I call it off the clock on vacation or, you know, not in town is to visit another venue. And I, sorry to everybody who wants to work in sports, but you'll never see a venue <laughs> or you'll never go to an event and have the same lens because you're always sure. going to be looking at the little things. <laughs> and so whenever I have the ability to connect with folks at, uh, you know, in other states and see what they're doing or even in other countries and see, you know, how they operate their venue and how they run events. And, you know, if they've got a tenant, if they've got multiple tenants, if they're city owned, if they're state owned, um, private owned. So I just love connecting with other folks and, and seeing how they do things because, you know, learn by doing, and we can't make all the mistakes ourselves. And, you know, we do things great. Other, other venues do things really well and it's great to learn from each other. Love it. So you'd say it's hard to go to a stadium now for you and just be a fan because you're so uh, aware and watching everything going on. Absolutely. But I will also <laughs> say that I think it's really great to go with me because I know how to get in and out of a venue 
like pretty quickly. <laughs> I feel like I know how to navigate through and I'm doing my due diligence and I'm reading beforehand. Is it a clear bag? What's the best entry? Where's the best place to park? How do we, you know, where's the best place to get an Uber or Lyft? Uh, so I feel like I also have that slight advantage. <laughs> Love it. Uh, next question. I actually included this question because this was me uh, prior to starting the sport management program at Long Beach State, just not having experience in sports. Uh, the question, what advice would you give to individuals who are considering a career in sport management but may not have a traditional sports-related educational or work experience background? How can they leverage their existing skills and knowledge to break into the industry? Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I, I will say this. Working in sports is like working it is different, but it's also, you know, you do a lot of the same things, right? You've got your marketing department, your sales department, sure. your operation. So a lot of the skills that even we have are transferable outside of the sports world. And I think vice versa, you can definitely bring an outside person who may not have the knowledge of working, whether for a sports team or a venue. Um, but I think that having the mindset of I'm really willing to learn and willing to adapt and, you know, it's not traditional corporate. So sure. there are going to be some things that you're like, oh, we would never do that over at, uh, <laughs> you know, Acme company, you know? Yeah. Uh, so really being <laughs> able to pivot and adjust and learn that there's, there's a little bit more flexibility, I think in sports um, and not being afraid to do anything, right? If you know what you want to do, you're, you, you might have to start at a different level um, because you have a little bit different experience than coming into the the world of sports. So Never be afraid to start at, you know, I'm going to make a copy. I'm going to pick up the trash or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. The little things that help get your foot in the door for sure. Absolutely. Uh, next question. You worked approximately nine years so far in the sport management field. To what or to whom would you credit your longevity so far in the sports world? I think to, it's a, it's an addiction. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's you get so much joy out of creating memories and creating experiences for people right that it just becomes a part of your everyday and yeah. i think i owe a lot of it to the people around me so my peers my colleagues the incredible folks i've met along the way that you know we talked about jt earlier you know, meeting people from where we started, seeing them grow and yeah. speak for our team here at the Rose Bowl. I've got an incredible team that helps, helps me get through when, you know, we have crazy times like a soccer game into back-to-back -back concert. <laughs> so I think just surrounding yourself with great people who have that same work ethic and that same uh, drive to create experiences helps, helps the time fly by fast because I can't even believe it's been, you know, close to nine years. <laughs> Yeah, definitely surrounding yourself with great people. We'll uh, get into the mentor question here in a second, but love to hear that that's where you went with that question for sure. Cause none of us are where we're at, uh, based on our own, on, on ourselves. Uh, we've obviously had people that have led the way and, and helped us get there. So, oh, absolutely. Love it. Uh, next question moving into our uh, advice portion of our conversation. What are the key skills or qualities that you believe aspiring sport management professionals should focus on developing? to stand out in the sport management field, which as I'm currently learning is very competitive. Yes. I think there's uh, three things that come to mind for me. The first one I will say is work ethic. Um, you can probably talk to anybody in the sports field and especially coming out of the, the pandemic, the work ethic, you know, I think people being comfortable at home, maybe people, you know, having that time away from, from sports and from their venues, you 
you see who really wanted to be here and who wanted to make this long term. And so having that incredible drive and that work ethic, I think stands out to me. I, I feel like I can pick that out in a crowd, you know, with all the folks that might reach out and say, hey, you know, we want to do this. And everybody wants to do this until they get here and they see the hours and they see, you know, the job <laughs> description and they're living it in real time. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, you know, maybe this wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. So that's a big one. Um, the second one is probably the same thing everybody would say as well as like communication, right? Sure. Over communicating, just be a great communicator, just going back and forth. And and I think that helps in all aspects of your life, right? Everything from a job interview, from your personal relationships to your professionalism and how you present yourself to your your clients, your guests, all of the above. So I think that's just a skill that is underrated. underrated. And I will say, when I say communication, a lot of people think, oh, you know, I need to learn how to speak. I need to learn how to type. But <laughs> I would say a majority of communication is listening, right? You're yeah. listening to understand and to really hear people out and what's the problem? How do we, you know, digest that? How do we solve that? How do we help be a part of the the solution? Um, because I think people hear communication and they automatically think, you know, my communication out to the world versus sure. what are people telling me and how can I, you know, be receptive of that? And I think the last one is, is probably my biggest one. It's just being genuine, right? You, you get a lot of people who want to do this and there's so many, you know, fancy names to this, right? You've got all of the major teams, you've got people working with athletes, you've got, you know, even in our world on the venue side, you've got concerts. So you have artists, you have, you know, incredible brands that you work with. Um, and so if you're here just for the glitz and glamour, it's going to get picked out. But if you genuinely want to create uh, great experiences, if you want to be a part of working, you know, with the crowd, with your your tenants, with your teams, uh, I think that will help stand out because you can tell the difference of someone who just wants to capture that Instagram moment and somebody <laughs> who saw the, the, the kid who was there who dropped their popcorn and maybe went to the concession stand and got a new popcorn because it was their first game. And that's an everlasting impression that they might have. Um, and that's, I think that's where, where that, uh, genuine production comes off and, and people can see that. Absolutely. Uh, very important in any venue or any, uh, event or sport is that genuine attitude for sure. Uh, the sports industry is known for its high pressure moments. I'm sure you deal with plenty of them yourself working on the event side of sports. How do you maintain your composure and make strategic decisions during intense situations? Yeah, and I hope my team doesn't laugh when I talk about this. <laughs> um, I think especially being an event manager, um, it's it's unique in the sense that we're kind of the the quarterback, right? We're the quarterback of of the entire scope of the event. And so a lot of the pressure does fall on us, especially during the event week. And I would say it's a combination of adrenaline and really understanding and like trying to see the future, right? You're trying to look at the long-term goal of like, we're trying to get to the end of the event um, or even getting to gates open, right? Show start and then end of the event. But mm -hmm. it's keeping that in mind. But I would say a lot of it is also adrenaline because you know, you know, you just have that in you. And I think that comes with experience of being under pressure and sure. knowing how to make those decisions because a lot of what we do is making decisions on the fly and being yeah. able to adjust and pivot when something doesn't go wrong because inevitably something will go wrong. Right. 
How much of that would you equate just to follow up to that? How much of you, how much of that uh, would you equate to just being prepped ahead of time, the planning ahead, the, the pre event or pre concert or pre game uh, preparation that goes into it so that when that situation may arise that you maybe hadn't planned, uh, you're able to address it and, and handle it in a timely manner. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Anytime you can pre-plan, whatever you can get ahead of, get ahead of. And there's certain things, even when we're planning, let's, we call it major event week, right? We know the show, the event, whatever it might be is on Saturday. Sure. You know, it might be Monday or Tuesday and we're like, we still have time to do X, Y, and Z, <laughs> but if we can get it done, you know, I try to work with our team and say like, let's just get it done. Well, yeah. let's, let's start here. Let's get ahead of it. Let's foreshadow our clients' needs, our vendors' needs our, you know, our partner's needs, whatever it might be, let's get ahead of it because inevitably it'll come back to us and yeah. we'll be thankful that we, I, I I'd like to make a joke and I'd like to say, you know, yesterday me, thank, thankful to yesterday me because she took care of that and uh, <laughs> now I don't have to deal with it today. And then it lets you address the problems that, you know, arise day of and that you can handle and focus your attention on that rather than, you know, something that could have been done earlier. Right, in the right, right. Absolutely. Uh, we chatted, as I mentioned a little bit uh, about this, when we talked about your longevity in sports, you just mentioned different people uh, that have come alongside you in your journey. Curious, maybe who some of these different mentors were that helped you in your journey uh, that you were able to lean on when you needed to, and how would you say they best helped you along your journey so far? Yeah, so there, there's quite a few. And um, the first, I will start, uh, her name is Julie Benavides, who spent 20 plus years working in the events uh, role. Uh, here at the Rose Bowl, who's when I started my internship, she was an absolute incredible gem, just, you know, giving me the opportunity and really trying to walk me through like, this is what an event is. This is what you should look for. This is how you should work with clients and vendors, mm -hmm. you know, just always in my corner cheering me on. And then when I went over to LAFC, a uh, gentleman who was on your podcast, Tim McNeff, uh, <laughs> Timo, he was instrumental in in helping me grow there. That was kind of the bigger stepping stone that I took to to manage the events over at now BMO Stadium and with LAFC. Um, and I still talk to him to this day. Great mentor of mine, absolutely. You know, he spent ten plus years over at Staples Center. I will forever call it Staples Center. I'm with uh, you. Keep it up. Keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so absolutely incredible. And then there's so many other folks along the way. We have Monique Reeves, who is our chief revenue officer here at the Rose Bowl. Um, incredible mentor of mine, just even from when I was starting. So um, there's just so many people and there's so much great knowledge out there. I just encourage yes. everyone to to find a mentor, find somebody who, you know, you can connect with, who can, who you can relate with and, and try to build that relationship rather than uh, not to say networking as a whole isn't great, but, you know, make those genuine connections rather than just being able to just say hi to everybody and <laughs> nobody really knowing your story because then they can't, you know, root for you and they can't be in your corner. Absolutely. Uh, that pairs great to our next question in regards to networking. How can individuals new to the field effectively build a strong network in the sport management sector? Yeah, I think um, I just kind of touched on it, but it's finding that common connection, right? Sure. So there's just, there's a lot of different departments within sports. I think people need to know what they want to do first and foremost. Um, but then also, you know, what is that connection you have? And sometimes it's, you know, you're 
you're an alumnus of the same university. Sometimes it's that you're, you know, the first in your generation to go to college. Sometimes it's just that you have an absolute passion for for basketball. Whatever that might be, find a genuine connection and way to relate to somebody that you're hoping to network with and start that genuine conversation. And I, I know I keep repeating the word genuine, but I think anyone who's worked in sports, especially for quite some time, has had those LinkedIn requests where we would love to talk to you. We would love an information interview, um, informational interview. And you hear that and you might talk to some of them and it's great, but um, it's almost like a one and done. You have that conversation with them and they've moved on. But I think if you want to make that genuine connection, I always say this, and I'm sure many people say this, but you want somebody who's going to bring your name up in a room that you're not in, right? Absolutely. And I think that that always being at the back of somebody's mind is 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 hard to create. So you need to cultivate that, and it takes time, and it needs, like I said again, needs to be genuine. So um, just find that common, you know, core, and, and see if you can talk to them and follow up and. I think, you know, everybody's heard the rest of it from there, but yeah. Yeah. Genuine for sure. Uh, I love that you keep hitting on it because it's so true. Uh, and there is a difference between that person that it's just coming to you because they want something or they know that you know someone can put in a reference or you work for a team or whatever versus really wanting to build those relationships and have those genuine relationships. So yeah. I think that's great that you keep hitting on it. Uh, another thing I want to Drawback from earlier in our conversation, you talked about when people see the hours, uh, especially working in sports, it's definitely unconventional. It's not your Monday through Friday, nine to five. Uh, on that thread, for you personally, what is the key to maintaining a good work-life balance? How do you not get overwhelmed with your career and still make time for family and friends and things you enjoy doing outside of work? Yeah, and I think uh, even listening to to some of your episodes, I don't think we've nailed it yet. Right. <laughs> I don't think anyone has <laughs> nailed it yet. And I think the problem with that is that we are the very lucky few who do what we love. Sure. Right? So it doesn't truly feel like work. Um, looking back at the concert that I just did, I probably worked. I don't even want to do the math, but it's long. <laughs> a hundred hours within a span of seven days or something okay. like that nature, right? Uh, <laughs> but it was thrilling and I wouldn't take it back. And you do that with any other style of event and you, right. you love what you do so much that it doesn't feel like work. However, the longer I do this, and I think you'll probably see that with the folks that you've got, you, you know, you talk to that have done this for longer. Um, you have to start to realize like it's okay to say no. Right. And just a lot of us who work in sports are not really good at that. So <laughs> um, we're always like, yeah, it's okay. You can call me. It's fine. It's 7 p.m. <laughs> it's, okay. it's 7 a.m. I'm just driving in. Just give yeah. me a call. But it, it's okay to ignore the call. It's okay to ignore the text message. Um, I think I saw a note earlier uh, this week and it said something like, don't confuse my free time as availability, right? And I think yeah. it's forcing that, right? Just because I am free, that that doesn't mean I'm available yeah. to you. Um, and that's something that I still work on. And I know my uh, friends and family who listen to this will probably say, no, she doesn't. <laughs> but, uh, we're, we're trying. So if I ever find the answer or if you ever find the answer of something, one of your guests, just let me know. I mean, I'll be listening, but... Uh, yeah, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I made a joke last season that if I made a 
a montage of the first 10 seconds of everyone's answer to that question, it would be, uh, well, uh, I'm still working on it. So <laughs> I think yeah. we're all working on it. Maybe uh, we all need to get together and brainstorm. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Maybe one, one way we'll come to the answer, but, uh, absolutely. It's, it's a work in progress for everyone. And like you mentioned, everyone's on a different path and, and figuring it out as they go along. Uh, bringing it home, final few more fun, lighthearted questions. Uh, what is the most heartwarming or memorable sport moment you witnessed or experienced? Maybe something we as the casual fan would never see on TV, but you had the chance to witness or experience. Um, and I can't remember. I know JT had talked about the MLS Cup. And uh, I don't remember if he talked about the opening of when it was Bank of California Stadium. The very first game, the inaugural game at home, uh, April 29, 2018. 29. I should know this. Um, (laughs) It was probably one of the most heartwarming experiences to watch. And it was actually a lot of it was JT's crew, um, the guest uh, experience representatives. When we opened the gates for the very first time, everybody was like, welcome home. Welcome home to all of the guests walking in. And I'd never felt so emotional doing anything in my life. I was, it was welcome home, you know, to the bank, uh, in, in, it just got, I, you could see everybody so excited to be there for the first time yeah. and be a part of history because it's, it's not very often you get to open a, a stadium in Los Angeles, at least. It's true. We have been blessed to open a few, uh, in the, in the last few years, obviously SoFi, the big one as well. Uh, and then here coming up, we have the new Clipper stadium as well. So a few that we've got to open here in Southern California for sure. Uh, But I'm sure that was an awesome experience to be a part of that. Yeah, that was very memorable. Like I can envision it (laughs) to this day. Uh, Next question. If you could switch roles with any athlete for a day, who would it be and why? That's a good one. Um, Obvious answer at the time at the peak, uh, you know, early 2000s would be a Kobe Bryant. Yeah. I, would love to see. I talked about work ethic earlier, and I don't know. You know, there's very few people who work in sports who don't reference that work ethic, right? The sure. mama mentality. Sure. It's hard not to. And I'm pretty sure all of us at many times have gotten into points in our life where we're like, oh, I don't think I can do this. And then you, especially the LA folks, um, some of you might be able to relate, but like, what would Kobe do? Like, he'd push through right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, Kobe Bryant. Okay. Okay. Great answer. Uh, if you could choose one song to play every time you walked into a room, what would you choose and why? Okay. Out of all of the questions that I had, you know, previously that you'd sent me, that one was the one that just, I couldn't seem to. <laughs> There's so many. You can pick um, a few if you want. You can have a playlist if you want. You a top three. Okay. I um, love it. Lose Yourself by Eminem. Okay. Um, Crazy in Love by Beyonce. Okay. And probably All Falls Down by Kanye West and Selena Johnson. So those are very early 2000s, very representative of my uh, <laughs> early uh, childhood and, you know, growing up watching sports and, um, you know, sitting in front of the TV and watching the Lakers play. There you go. The playlist, not just the song. I love it. Uh, final question. Sports often brings people together and creates unforgettable moments. Can you share a personal sports moment that left a lasting impact on you? 
maybe not even one you worked, maybe one you attended as a fan or something you got to experience that left left a lasting impression? Yeah, I think the biggest memorable one for me is just growing up and coming to UCLA games, um, UCLA football games with my dad. Uh, he went to UCLA and so he had season tickets and I remember coming to the Rose Bowl. So it's a very full circle moment to um, to be able to work here. And you can't see sure. what's in front of me, but it's a field beautifully prepped and ready to go for our UCLA game tomorrow. So yeah. uh, that's, that's an incredible memory that I hold very close to my heart. For sure, for sure. The Rose Bowl is definitely an iconic place, uh, not only in Southern California, but in sports for sure. Uh, Marcella, thank you so much for taking some time just to jump on, share some insight and wisdom that you've gained uh, in your nine years so far. We're saying so far because I'm sure you have many more ahead. Uh, But thank you for just sharing about your journey and being a part of the podcast. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm excited to hear some of the other guests. And like I said, if we ever find that answer for a work-life balance, you know, <laughs> just let me know. <laughs> Love it. We'll keep working on it. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Suits in the Stadium podcast. The Suits in the Stadium podcast is available across all listening platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also new this season, you can see a video version of each episode on our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow us on all our social media platforms, including LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, and share with others who you think would be interested in our podcast. We release new episodes every Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next one.